There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to your Daily Crypto News for Tuesday, January 30th, 2024. My name is Matt, and news was really slow today. So I woke up this morning, talked to my good buddy, the crypto curator, Paul McNeil, and we said, hey, you know what? Let's team up and just talk about the market. And so that's what we're doing today. So today, let's just talk the market. All right, Paul McNeil, how you doing? Welcome back. Doing good, man. Doing good. It's a, it's a Tuesday morning. Happy. It is. It is Tuesday morning, and, and the issue is, is we had some crappy news this morning, so we hopped on the, on the on the chat this morning like we usually do, talk about some prices, and I was like, hey, man, come on the show. Let's uh, discuss some things. Exactly, exactly. All right, so we have a couple of things in our docket today, and the first thing I want to talk about is Bitcoin's price. Why is it not mooning? Look, we're sitting at $43,000 today. I mean, we're going up, which is a good thing. But it's a far cry from the 49000 we saw right after the Bitcoin spot ETF launched. Then we tanked, and we thought we should be around 50, 55, 60 by now because of all of the demand from the institutional market. We're not seeing that. What the hell is going on, Paul? Yeah, well, that demand didn't really pan out, did it? And part of that is because of our good friends at GBTC. And, you know, Matthew, I'm hearing a lot about the GBTC unwind that people are getting wrong. GBTC is cash settled. All the ETFs are cash settled. So when the people who have put their money into GBTC now have an opportunity to get it out, they have to sell Bitcoin to make that happen because the SEC won't let them trade in kind. If they could, they would move it in kind. So that unwinding of GBTC is causing a little bit of concern, but it shouldn't cause a lot because there's still a lot of inflows coming into these ETF products. That's kind of like what I understand as well. Is, is So we have inflows coming from the Spot Bitcoin ETF products. We have a lot of outflows. And not only do we have the GBTC outflows, we have um, the uh, potential Mt. Gox outflows, outflows. We heard just the other day that FTX is also um, dumping some of their bags too and their GBTC uh, trust mm-hmm. to try to pay back creditors. So we have what I think what we're seeing here, and I don't know what about your opinion about this, is that we just see a a lot of res- 
I guess, restructuring of the market, a lot of shuffling around about, hey, instead of we all have the same amount of money for the most part. There's money coming into the space, but we're just trying to figure out where we're, where we're going to put it. And once that's all figured out, I think that's going to take still a couple more months. But once that's figured out, we're going to have uh, net positives instead of this kind of like reshuffling. What do you think? Exactly. And I think what most people need to stay focused on is the bigger picture. Now, Anthony Pompliano had a guest on and he was talking about this and I forget exactly which I think he was from Art 21 Shares. And again, I think we're looking at this wrong. We're only a couple weeks into the ETF. Everyone relax. Like these ETFs are going to continue to amass more and more Bitcoin. And I fully believe by the end of this year, I wouldn't be shocked to see the group of nine, as they call them, have over a million Bitcoin in their coffers. Why? Because these guys are acquiring Bitcoin, thousands of Bitcoins per day. Guys, it's not going to take long. Right now, I believe GBT, I mean, I believe BlackRock has over 150,000 Bitcoin already. They're already catching up to Michael Saylor and MicroStrategy. What they took four years to do, these guys are doing it in a couple weeks. If everyone relaxes, they'll understand a lot of money is about to flow into ETFs. Wall Street's getting FOMO. Do you think that's a good thing? I mean, look, I know everybody, we keep telling people, and I, we we have been, I mean, you longer than me, have been telling people to stack sats. Uh, I've been saying it since uh, 2017, you even longer. Uh, but the average person can only stack so many sats. Is this a good thing that these institutions and these companies and microstrategy and so on and so forth have so much control over, and well, use the, I'm going to use the word control lightly here, but have so much Bitcoin and are able to stack so many sats? Do you think that's a good thing? Yeah, I don't think it's a good or a bad thing. It's a thing, right? And so it's going to happen. There's not much we can do about it. Um, and I think that, again, we look at it from the bad perspective. But the reality is, is that this is the financialization of Bitcoin. And I think this is something we're going to have to get used to. Bitcoin maxis who want everyone to control their own keys. No one's, listen guys, I'm telling you, I tried to help a friend just the other day do some security stuff, got all foobarred. Most people don't have the appetite to tinker around with this stuff. They want someone who's trusted, <laughs> and I use that lightly, trusted to hold on to this stuff for them and control it. And when you've got the likes of BlackRock and Fidelity and Charles Schwab and everybody else, that's where the money's gonna go, sorry. I don't know. I, can, I, I don't know if I agree with that, to be honest with you. I mean, we say, yeah, it's a thing. That's pretty, let's just see how things work out. And I agree, everything's going to work out, but that's kind of yeah. really a passive way to look at it. But we, have, mm -hmm. we kind of looked at Bitcoin as a um, more of an equalizer. And, and how can it be an equalizer to the average person uh, trying to get yourself out of the system if the biggest players in like the system when it comes to the institutions or the people with the money are now going to control the alternative that was creative the equalizer if you will and so i i don't know if this i don't know if that's a good thing and i understand what we're saying with that but it, it does seem like the bitcoin rhymes at this point with fiat besides the control of who controls it you know and mining and you know is, is out of the hands of the fed or whatever but the fiat is stacked unevenly to, uh, you know, the rich gets richer and the poor gets poorer sort of thing. And now Bitcoin is kind of found that same way. Is it just kind of inevitable no matter what kind of currency in air quotes we have? Yeah. So here's what I say, Matthew. And again, there's that whole serenity prayer, right? And I can't quote it perfectly, but it's basically being able to tell the difference between what you can control and what you can't. 
I can't control the people that's putting money into BlackRock and Fidelity and Schwab, but I can control myself. So what I would say is if you're an average Joe, you need to learn how to huddle your own keys on your own wallet. If you do that, you're fine. I can't control what people are going to do when it comes to these institutions and them having to put their money into BlackRock and Fidelity. There are rules in the financial system. They can't custody their own assets, things like this. This is what people fail to realize. On an individual scale, yes, you're right. I agree with you. Hold your own keys. But when you're looking at these institutions, it's a different ballgame. Another discussion that we had over over the past week was holding your own keys. Uh, do you think that's actually the best solution anymore? Look, I mean, when we're coming into the market in you know, 2016, 2017, 2018, uh, exchanges were uh, a disaster. I mean, we just had Mt. Gox a little bit ago. Bitfinex was hacked. Um, you know, um, Cryptopia went down. Um, I mean, we could just name off all the exchanges that came, came in gone already um, and got hacked and people lost all their other stuff. However... People lost a lot of stuff by controlling their keys uh, because of just, you know, accidents do happen. And I, I actually made an accident the other day, and I think I just uh, burned some burned some sats that I was trying to send, <laughs> send to somebody. Um, exchanges are pretty exchanges are pretty safe right now. I haven't heard of a major hack. Is holding your keys the best solution? I mean, of course, if you want to have the future of sovereign money, uh, sovereign uh, Bitcoin, yeah, you need to hold your keys. So, you know, Coinbase doesn't have it or Kraken or the Winklevi doesn't have it. But at this point, it seems, though, exchanges are pretty secure. Yeah, not only the exchanges, again, I said we're watching the financialization of Bitcoin and all the cryptos as well. And I think we're going to get to the point to where people are going to look back at this time and just laugh at us talking about not your keys, not your coins, all this stuff. And as much as we hate to see it all centralized and guys, it's just, again, for those who have the ability to be smart enough to hold their own keys and to manage their own money and to custody it themselves, you have the ability to do that. So do that. For the rest of the stuff, don't worry about it. It's out of our control. Listen, I'm going to do my part. And I'm going to encourage those people that are around me to help them try and custody their own Bitcoin on their own keys. Yes, we're going to try that as much as we can. And hopefully they do it in a secure way that doesn't let them get forget their passcodes, their words to their keys. Right. There's multi-sig. There's multiple ways that we can handle this asset. We just have to do what's best for ourselves and let the rest roll. So, so Sam, Samson Mouse said the other day that uh, we're going to have this God candle. You actually sent this to me uh, just a minute ago. That million-dollar Bitcoin is in the roadmap because of scarcity. I think that a million-dollar Bitcoin is inevitable, but maybe by 2035, 2040. Um, he's thinking that this is going to be the run up to that million-dollar Bitcoin, and it's not going to. It's going to be sooner than later. What's your thoughts of that? I call BS. I call hype. Well, remember, it was uh, it wasn't Chamath. Who was the guy that came out uh, earlier Biology. last year? Biology Srinivasan. That's right. Mr. Srinivasan came out and said something like within 90 days. Right. Total BS. It was a marketing move. I don't think Samson's doing a marketing move on us. I think what Samson is trying to do is he's trying to highlight the supply shock conversation we used to have probably three or four years ago. And that is, is that there's less Bitcoin being produced and there's less Bitcoin available to for purchase. And if these ETFs, which is Wall Street FOMOing, 
is buying $9,000 of Bitcoin in demand on a regular basis, and you only get 900 being produced, that's 10x. At some point, price will have to adjust to make sense of this. And so I think what he's saying, I, I don't think we're going to wake up one day and have an Omega candle and watch it go from, you know, 43 to a million. No, no. But I do believe that this run can get us, you know, a quarter of the way there and then have some pullback into the next run. Gets a, So I agree with you, probably 2030. That's what um, Kathy Wood said, 1.5 million by 2030. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I mean, 1.5 million by 2030. They're kind of like, here's what I think about like those kind of predictions. One thing we tell everybody um, as you know, uh, retail traders is is to say, hey, you know, make sure you take profits. But then, if you kind of, these kind of like predictions, I feel kind of taint the market and taint your ability to do so because you're always looking for that next. You know, it's like, oh well, it's going to hit a million. Why? Why should I, you know, take profits at sixty nine thousand or one hundred twenty thousand or whatever? And then it's just like this, almost this like unobtainable, this is future kind of fantasy goal that you might have within the market, even though you might have just made a, you know, 5x. And I think that's a lot of things in, in the crypto space. It's like we have these unrealistic expectation of of gains, right? If this is like a certain, if if this was, a you know, the regular market and you just 5x overnight, you'd be like, oh my God, I just won the freaking lottery. You'll take it out. But over here is just like, where's my 100x? Like, what are you talking about, man? And so I think that these kind of like narratives really... I think make people delusional of what uh, a good return is. And so I don't, I don't know if I actually like that kind of talk to be honest with you. Yeah, no, uh, we got bamboozled by that with John McAfee, right? Rest his soul. Um, John back in 2017 said by 2020, right, said, 2021. Yeah. He said it's going to be a million. He, too bad. He kill, killed himself instead of eating his dick. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's, it's just, it's unbelievable. So we've been bamboozled by this talk before now. That being said, I think you're seeing the maturation of this space. And I think, yes, with these cycles, we're going to see these parabolic moves. And these next parabolic moves could get us closer and closer to that. And it won't seem so crazy. Listen, back in the day when Bitcoin was a dollar, for someone to say it was going to be $100 seemed ludicrous. Or a thousand bucks, people were like, whoa. Or a 10,000, like, oh my God. Now we're already up to $60,000, right? And it's come back. But the reality is that these cycles continue. It's been up only. If from the beginning of Bitcoin to today, it's been up only and it's going to continue to be up only because there's 21 million. 
last thing I want to talk to you about is the Ethereum ETF. Um, oh, the Ethereum ETF, like like there is one. There isn't one. There isn't a spot Ethereum ETF. However, there's a lot of people trying to get a, a spot Ethereum ETF going. Do you think that's going to happen? Me personally, I think it's inevitable. Uh, but then again, two questions to you, Paul. Do you, do you think there's going to be a spot Ethereum ETF? And if so, when? And second, where do we stop? Or do we just don't stop? Do we think that every... Um, crypto is going to get an ETF eventually. Yeah. So I'm with you. I agree. We will get an ETF. Question is when I think the SEC is going to do the same thing it did with the Bitcoin ETF. But here's the caveat. As Hester Pierce said, this is not going to go to court. This is not going to have the trials. All that other nonsense is going to go away. I think they will examine it. They will scrutinize it. And they will keep kicking the can down the road until they can't anymore. Until they get to that 240-day period where they have to make a decision, I think that's when it will get approved. So I've seen some sentiment that says they believe it won't happen in 2024, but it will happen in 2025. And I believe that. Now, where do we stop? I think we're going to have anything in the top 10 I think possibly could get an ETF. So your Cardano's, your Solana's, your, you know, not Doge, sorry, Doge is not getting an ETF. Ethereum's, those things are going to get ETFs, but I think they're going to have parameters around what a blockchain project needs to do in order to be, have an ETF. And I think, yeah, we'll get some, but they'll have some limits. Yeah, but then, but then where's the where's the line? I mean, so like, yeah, we get Ethereum. So what's next then after that? Would we have a Doge ETF? Do we have a XRP ETF? Do we have a Solana ETF? I mean, do we have a Floki Frunk Puppy ETF? I mean, where is the? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 Floki Frunk Puppy ETFs. I, I, like I said, I think with the projects that are legitimate that have a lot of development around them, uh, Doge. I don't think we'll ever see a Doge. XRP, yes. Solana, yes. Cardano, probably yes. Things like that, I think we will. Anything outside of that, I don't know. Until they change some criteria, and I don't know what criteria they use to judge on if they're going to make it an ETF or not. But they're making money, man. I think I think it's super. Yeah, of course, of course, they're making money. I think it's just super interesting because this is the this is the proverbial uh, slippery slope. Where does this kind of stop? And 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 where where do we start classifying what is a, a business? Now, obviously, we know Bitcoin isn't a business, right? It is not a company. Correct. It's not a for profit company. Uh, Ethereum, your Ethereum is kind of skirting skirt that line. That's where everything starts to we got got to define new definitions of like what Ethereum is, especially since there's this like organization um, or foundation that kind of controls and organizes everything. So it's like, okay, I kind of get it. And then you're talking about like, um, say something like, you know, Solana, which is way more centralized than Ethereum. And now you're talking about like, oh, okay, now, now did we hit the point of more of a centralized business focused? uh, And the founders have a lot of, lot of coins themselves. So it's now it's like, okay, you're doing this for your personal profits. And it's like, okay, with not them, what about Filecoin? What about Render? What about it's like it's like there has to be a, a breaking point of where they go, bro, if, if you're and, and, that, and I personally think that we will get an Ethereum ETF, um, but then we're going to be open, like you said, up to Solana, Cardano, maybe even maybe freaking Tron. I hate Tron. I mean, then Tron. But I wonder if the safest thing is just to stop at Bitcoin. Just say, hey, that's it. But then well, that no, that's like Doge. Because in Litecoin, because they're basically clones. But I think it's an evolutionary process that this is the issue that I think people have. They either wanted this or that, and it's this and that. And I think over time, listen, we started with 
rocks and stones and, and pebbles and blah, blah, blah. And, and eventually we got paper, plastic with swiping machines and things are going to continue to evolve. Money's going to evolve. How we look at things will evolve. It's just an evolutionary process. So is Bitcoin today, but will it all of a sudden be a hundred? Listen, when we first started, just it was just Bitcoin. And then we had Litecoin and then we had Ethereum and then we had Doge and then we and then it just continued to grow. Now we've got over two million projects out there. OK, same thing happens. So first you get a Bitcoin ETF, then it's an ETF and then it's a Solana ETF and it just goes and goes and goes. It's OK. What's wrong with it? Last question I have for you today. One thing I want to discuss is 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 Taylor Swift. <laughs> Taylor Swift and, and, and her AI and, and these AI nudes. OK, so. Uh, I think it's a, this whole Taylor Swift the past couple with the foot with football and and Travis Kelsey and all these it's just so interesting uh, how they're leveraging star power for marketing and it's becoming weird brand synergies that you wouldn't expect. Taylor Swift is a brand, the NFL is a brand, um, the Chiefs are a brand, and next you know they're for some reason synonymous with each other. It's absolutely bizarre. Um, however these AI is something that we pay attention to very uh, closely here in the crypto space tech, you know, focused. And I think it's really cool tech, but these trap, these um, Taylor Swift AI nudes have been popping around famous person. Body swaps have always been a thing, but now that AI body swaps, basically meaning that you take somebody's body and use Photoshop to put it, somebody else's head on it. So you're like, Oh wow, look at it. It's a, you know, whoever picked the, Pick the famous person, right? And now you made a new right. But now you're creating a very easy way. AI is making it very easy to make not only nudes, but almost any kind of imaginable um, situation for these uh, these celebrities or whoever. It could be an a- average person. What do you think? How do you think we ha- handle that? Or do you think we actually should? Do you think this is more freedom of speech, freedom of art of creation? Or do you think this is a violation of personal rights and, and, and civil liberties? It's a tough one, Matthew. And again, we're crossing lines that we've never imagined that would be crossed. And so my personal view is this. Yes. Can Taylor Swift go out there and take action legally against someone using her likeness uh, in some Method. Yes, I, th- I think they can. I think that legally there should be a precedent that can protect the artist creation and their likeness and their brand. And if someone's doing that without their permission, I think that there should be a legal precedent for doing so. At the same time, we just got to get used to it. This is sort of the way the world is. And again, you take the action where you can. If you can make it happen, great. Listen for me. I don't care about Taylor Swift and her nudes and all the Swifties and everything else. Listen, my life is going to go on. You guys go have fun with that, right? So now if I was Taylor Swift, yes, I would get my legal team together. We would go after them. We would take and try and shut this thing down, and we'd take the action that we would need to. Otherwise, move on. I don't, I don't, I don't know about that because we, we now open up uh, because AI is just going to get really good at creating people, Um and, and their likenesses. I mean, mm-hmm. revenge porn turns into something new, um, making like unsanctioned uh, porn with other people. This sort of like kind of bizarre fantasy. You see somebody in uh, the shopping mall or you're a, a, a co-worker. Next thing you know, AI is able to make, um, you know, <laughs> porn with, with them, you know. And so you just have this like weird instant creation of, of porn. And, and it's not it's just I don't I don't know. And then yeah. you have Taylor Swift and, and her 
Taylor Swift's brand is, is, is she's never she's not like um, Cardi B or Nicki Minaj, you know, like where it's like you might Google her name and it's like, oh, wow, Cardi B, what you doing? What, what song are you singing these days? Right. And you don't want your kids doing that. She's she has a lot of younger Swifties, you know, that um, that will Google to, to see what Taylor Swift is doing. 12, 13, 14 year old girls, you know, and, and, and she's been trying to keep a I would say a pretty decent reputation even though you know she's 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 getting up there. She's thirty something. You know she's uh, mm-hmm. had 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 her flings uh, in the past. You know she's wrote about them with her songs. You know, however, um, however, despite all of that, she's kept a pretty decent, I, I would say, reputation for her fans. This changes things now. If you're a parent, googling Taylor Swift is that's why they stopped it, stopped it on Twitter, and that's why Elon stopped it. It's like, hey, you're a Swifty. You hop on there, and next thing you know you see. A little more of Taylor than you wanted to, you know. You're like, "Hey, what's going on here?" <laughs> but it's not a little more Taylor. This is where critical thinking comes into play, and this is where we cannot. We're going to have to deal with this because you're right. What do you trust now? You can make anybody say anything, do anything, and look any way you want them to. The reality is, we have to use our critical minds and say, "You know what? That's a bunch of junk, and we know it's junk. Let's move on from this discussion because it doesn't matter." When it comes to Taylor Swift and her brand, though, I think you should be taking a page and you should be pulling Taylor Swift into Ohio, saying, "Hey, Taylor, hook me up. Give me some. Give me some votes because it looks like she might be doing that for Biden." Listen. Her, she has a strong brand, and whatever she says goes. So if she says vote for Biden, I guarantee a lot of people be voting for Biden. <laughs> so you need to go find Taylor Swift to be like, hey, hook me up. I know you got nudes out there, but listen, sweetheart, I know that's not you. I need you to help my campaign. <laughs> well, well, with well, with AI, we don't even we don't even need her to come here. I just I just that is AI true. her over here, <laughs> Paul. Thanks for popping on. Here comes the money. Here we go, money talk. And it's time for some crypto prices. The time is 10.09 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Fear greed's at 59. We are still neutral, heading toward greedy. Bitcoin sitting at $43,426, up 3.6% in 24, up 11.5 in 7. Ethereum's at $2,307, up around 3%. Tether's number 3. Binance is at 308, up around a percent. And Solana's up 9.5% at 105. Y'all didn't listen to me, did you? Y'all didn't listen to me. It's up 28.6% in seven. If y'all listen to me, you know what up. Running off the top 10, we have XRP, USDC, Cardano, Avalanche, and Doge. By the way, Avalanche is up 28% as well in seven. The total market cap is 1.66 trillion. A Bitcoin dominance of 51.2 and an ETH dominance of 16.7. That was our show today. I'll be back tomorrow. And until then, happy hodling, everyone.